Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. This is The Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I am joined today by the imminent, eminent, both, Alex Newman. Thanks for joining us. Or infamous. Uh, good to see you. Thank you for having me. The big three right there. Speaking of uh, big, big global conspiracies, we've got the United Nations. And I mean, I still am stunned when I give talks. I know you give talks all around the country as well. When people can't make the link between what's going on in this country, particularly our public schools, and what's going on with the UN agenda for globalism. And so for those of you who are skeptical, let's talk about this report. A United Nations report has been released that calls for all forms of drug use and sexual activity to be decriminalized globally. This was written by the International Committee of Jurists uh, and the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights. And the report was released on International Women's Day. How's that for uh, symbology? And one of the major purposes here is to suggest that children, even young children, have the ability to consent. So laws against pedophilia, for instance, Alex, may not really count if a child is comfortable having sex with an adult. Yeah, and and this, we have known, Duke, you and I have been talking about this for years. This is one of the long-term objectives of the gender theorists, the queer theorists, the LGBT, LMNOP, mafia. Um, They have been very transparent in their own writings. In fact, you can go back uh, almost 40 years, uh, and they have been talking about their long-term objective of eventually securing what they call uh, sexual rights for children. Actually, some of the leading theorists in this movement have been proud defenders of pedophilia, of uh, adult sex with children. You can go back to Alfred Kinsey. You can go to Sikas. You can go to uh, uh, Foucault and and Michel. Uh, There there are just so many of these perverts who have told us openly that they eventually hope to legalize and normalize sexual relations with children. And uh, frankly, I think these people belong in jail, not out on the streets, grooming children in the public school system, which is exactly what they're doing. And then along comes the United Nations and spills the beans again about the long-term objective. I don't know what it's going to take to wake people from their slumber, Duke, because they're telling us what they want to do. You know, we should be really frightened by the fact that the United Nations isn't pretending anymore. For a long time, the people that you mentioned, from Kinsey all the way forward, people like Foucault, all these pervs, like you say, who have been for 40, 50 years been pushing this garbage, they used to do it surreptitiously. Now they're doing it openly. Mike, take a, send us that, uh, that's, yeah, this is it. This is the actual statement from the United Nations, and I think it's really important that we look at this language. Quote, with respect to the enforcement of criminal law, any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. And that that means is not letting children consent to sex is discrimination. They go on to say enforcement of pedophilia laws, for instance, enforcement may not be linked to the sex, gender of participants or age of consent 
to marriage. Moreover, sexual conduct involving purpose, uh, persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may, it may indeed be consensual, in fact, if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in these matters concerning them. So, <clears throat> Alex, what we're dealing with here is clearly a case where, hey, Age, like gender, like sex, it's just, a, it's just an approximation. It doesn't really mean anything. It's a social construct. So, of course, then, 15-year-olds, 13-year-olds, maybe even 9-year-olds can consent if they're, you know, aware. If they're aware of what they're doing and if they've been taught in their elementary school about condoms and birth control, well, then consent is perfectly appropriate. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, first of all, very dangerous for the children involved. Uh, it's very dangerous for society. It's also part of a much broader war. Um, you know, I, I just actually finished reading a, a new book on uh, critical Marxism, critical theory. And uh, all of this actually has a much broader objective than just uh, sexualizing children, than just grooming children for sex with adults. Uh, really, it's designed as a battering ram to break down the old order, the old uh, moral structures, the old ethical structures structures and make way for a new uh, totalitarian Marxist style order. And if you go back far enough, you find uh, you know Marx and Antonio Gramsci and all these uh, precursors to the, the critical theorists who now have taken over much of our government education system. Uh, and, and people need to understand this grooming of children, this normalizing of sex with children uh, is part of something even bigger and uh, almost, if you, if you can imagine, even more horrific than the things that they are now openly talking about. It's really aimed at overturning the entire social order, breaking down the old system and replacing it with a new one in which the nuclear family is, for all intents and purposes abolished. Uh, children are liberated in the sense of being liberated from their parents, liberated from their families, liberated from traditional morality, uh, and then enlisted into the cause as revolutionaries to burn down the old social order so they can rebuild in its place a new, very evil one. Yeah, and uh, you're exactly right. We've got language from this, this article as well from the UN that makes your case. This is also about defunding police. This reminds me, Alex, going back to the French Revolution, how we, the, in order to liberate everybody, they had to get rid of authority, they had to get rid of religion, they had to free the prisoners in the prisons because, of course, they were all wrongfully punished. And we see this here. Related to this very article about consent for minors, we read this, quote, criminal law is among the harshest of tools at the disposal of the state to exert control over individuals. Such, as such, it ought to be a measure of last resort, however. Globally, there has been a growing trend towards over-criminalization. So I love this. They're they start by saying the state has too much power, and their answer is to let the state, not local principalities or even nations, decide when the age of consent is. It's, this kind of Orwellian doublespeak is exactly how they operate, and they're suggesting, ultimately, that local police forces and and uh, the, the police forces in various nations overreact. They're brutal. They arrest repeat people for no reason, like having sex when you're a minor. Nothing wrong with that. So we need instead, read between the lines, a global justice system that will do it the right way.
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's especially grotesque that this is coming from the United Abominations, Duke, because the U.N. has a long and unbelievably disgusting track record of raping children all over the world. It's like everywhere the U.N.'s peacekeeping troops are deployed, uh, children are raped in massive numbers and systemically. Um, uh, actually, there's a group of former high level U.N. officials. They formed an alliance called Hear Their Cries. You can find them. I think it's heartheircries.org. Uh, these are former top-level people, uh, former investigators within the UN's own internal oversight mechanisms. Um, and they have estimated, based on the UN's own data about what has been reported, uh, that the UN's so-called peacekeeping troops and their uh, the people that get deployed to conflict areas, uh, they have raped something on the order of 60,000 women and children. Children! OK, all over the world. And the worst part is they do it with absolute impunity, right? They have diplomatic immunity. They can't be arrested. They can't be charged. They can't be prosecuted. They can't be jailed. And so what has happened? And, and this just happened uh, a few years ago. The U.N.'s peace troops were caught in the Central African Republic systematically raping children. They were bringing them onto the base, keeping them as prisoners, raping them and raping them. Um, when they got caught, uh, the uh, a guy at the U.N. Human Rights Office in Switzerland, uh, Anders Kompis, a Swede, tried to stop it. He tried to blow the whistle. The U.N. refused to do anything about it. So he went to French prosecutors. When he tried to blow the whistle to the French prosecutors, they actually escorted him out of his office under armed guard, demonized him, uh, all to protect the child rapist. So uh, this is the nature of the system that is now telling us that we need to legalize sex with children. Uh, these people all belong in jail, but um, instead they're sitting there with enormous tax funded salaries tax-free uh, with diplomatic immunity as their own minions scour the globe for children to abuse. Now, this UN report also calls for all criminal laws relating to sex work, sex work to be abolished, which could easily serve to aid trafficking, right? So now you're going to take away any stigma about selling children or selling sex. That includes the sex traffic. So now I suppose if you have a 15-year-old who consents to being a prostitute, this this kind of sex trade is going to get a lot worse globally. And this is the thing that you said that I think is so powerful. This is an, uh, I remember back in the Rwanda war, remember the civil war in Rwanda, uh, in Rwanda under Bill Clinton, that globalist himself, a a Epstein Island visitor. When we learned that in the, the, the UN refused to do anything to stop the murder of Hutus and Tutsis, right? They were killing each other in particularly, and the UN would do nothing to stop it. But when it was over and the, all the dead bodies were, were floating in the river there, they sent the UN blue helmets in and they immediately started raping child after child after child in the name of relief. So this is, this is an old story. The, when we look at the, the civil rights record of the United, Sta uh, United Nations. It is stunningly bad. I mean, name one conflict out of the, the, uh, after the Korean War where they ever did anything to stop a war. They, they're notorious for letting people get murdered. Then they send in blue helmets with bottles of water and rape uh, apparatus, apparently. This is what they've done. And so you think about who's on the Civil Rights Committee, the Human Rights Committees at the United Nations, countries like Cuba and Venezuela, Russia, China. These murderous regimes are, are supposed to be the guardians of world peace and world rights. It's stunningly bad, and it's getting worse, a lot worse with their foray into the sexual revolution here.
Yeah, it would be funny if it weren't so tragic, Duke. But, you know, and I think it's important to point out, too, that uh, this is not some kind of misguided sense of libertarianism among these totalitarians and freaks at the United Abominations. Uh, They are totalitarians to the core, and that's why they're advancing this stuff, right? On the one hand, they want to tell us that we don't get to choose whether we're going to take some new experimental injection. We don't get to choose whether we're going to wear a diaper over our face. We don't get to choose whether our countries are going to be locked down for some kind of pandemic. We don't get to choose any of those things. And yet they think a 12-year-old should be able to consent to sexual activity. They think a 12-year-old should be able to consent to having his or her uh, genitals surgically mutilated. Um, this is not about you know liberty or, or trying to restrain the power of an unchecked state. These people are wicked totalitarians to the core. And as you pointed out, uh, Duke, uh, a lot of these UN agencies are actually dominated by people who represent some of the most murderous regimes that have ever existed in human history. So uh, we need to understand this is not uh, about just grooming children for sexual activity. That's one of the nasty manifestations of this ideology from hell. Uh, But it's much bigger than that. It's not about freeing people from the power of an overbearing state. It is, in fact, about abolishing civilization as we have known it, overturning moral codes and bringing about a global revolution. Still to come, according to the CDC, another globalist organization, the education, public health and school health sectors are all joining together, not just locally, but globally, and are calling for greater alignment in education, which includes integration and collaboration between education leaders and health sectors. All right. You see how the the health Uh, industry and now the education industry are tying together to make every social issue now a matter of health right around the corner. Speaking of abominations, Alex Newman, we're talking about the whole school, whole community, whole child method. Now, you think social emotional learning is bad in the public schools. Now, let's put that on steroids. And what you get is a global initiative to tie health, wellness, physical health to every aspect of education. The public schools become the conduit under the guise of health that allows educrats to completely transform the moral and philosophical underpinnings of Western culture into this new Orwellian view that allows a 12-year-old. We'll talk about what's going on in the state of Washington, where 12-year-olds now are about to be emancipated sexually. If they are 12 and they don't like their parents' care or their mom and dad won't give them puberty blockers, in state of Washington and also a, a similar bill in California, you can just run away from home. They'll put you in state-led, state-paid-for group homes, and you can get the care, the affirming care, without even telling your parents anymore. That's where we are with the Center for Disease Control as well. Yeah, and, and this is a story that I've been exposing uh, almost a decade now, this effort uh, led by the quote-unquote health authorities and the education authorities. Um, you know, when they talk about these uh, whole-service community schools, a whole school, whole child, uh, what they're talking about here is really parental replacement centers. And if, as you read their documents, what you'll find very, very quickly is that they want to usurp the very last few remaining responsibilities that the state has been generous enough to leave with parents, right? They want to start feeding them three meals a day. They want to handle their dental health and their mental health, their nutritional needs, their uh, assessments of their personality. We're going to teach them social skills. We're going to teach them relationship skills. 
Soon, they will be reading them bedtime stories, and you will do nothing except pay taxes to feed this monstrous machine that is destroying all of our children. Uh, it's so horrific, Duke. And unfortunately, Republicans have been complicit in this, too. A big part of this came through the ESSA, uh, the Every Student Succeeds Act, passed by Republicans. Obama called it a Christmas miracle um, because treasonous Republicans joined to basically enshrine Obama's crazy education and health agenda into federal law. Uh, this is unbelievably dangerous. And we have a long track record over the last century of what happens when government takes over child rearing and parental responsibilities. In every single case, it has ended in disaster. And let's just be fair for those, uh, be clear for those who are in Wisconsin, where I am right now, that globalist Judas, Paul Ryan, who was the Speaker of the House, sold that ESSA bill, right? This every st- completely uh, hijacked the Common Core. F- uh, fighting that we were doing by legitimizing everything that illegally that Barack Obama did to get that in there. That's Paul Ryan, who's now a a globalist lobbyist pretending to be a Republican. Well, throw this up here, Mike. We've got here are 10 basic statements about what this the CDC, whose job we learned under COVID that the CDC was by no means really a health organization. They were a we want to control you. We're going to use our uh, quasi scientific bona fides to force cultures and and globalism on people. So take a look at what the CDC now, again, the Center for Disease Control, that's their job, what they want to get messed up with in school. Number one, physical education and physical activity, nutrition, environment and services, health education, social and emotional climate, physical environment, health services, counseling, psychological and social services, employee wellness, community involvement, that's what we need more of, family engagement, and the one they don't list is that's buried into there is all sorts of sexual advice, consent, abortion, all of that transgender garbage as well. This is your CDC. Where do they have time to deal with contagious diseases? Because they've joined, joined the World Health Organization and the United Nations to use the power, the that magical word health, to involve themselves in every aspect of what used to belong to the rights of parents. Yep. Uh, and, and people do need to understand that, Duke. What you just pointed out is hugely significant. A lot of what today passes as health really has no legitimate uh, nexus with actual health. Uh, and you see this very clearly in what the World Health Organization is doing. As we speak, they're trying to usurp all sorts of power uh, over international emergencies, over pandemics, over mental health, over all these different areas. Uh, and the actual head of the World Health Organization, a, a former member of the Politburo, the Central Committee of an ethno marxist this genocidal terrorist organization. He's running around saying that climate change is a public health emergency, racism, gun violence. These are all public health emergencies. Uh, They are using health as a tool for social control. Uh, And you're seeing this so clearly in the schools. Under the guise of health, they're teaching every kind of sick perversion that you can imagine. Um, Under the guise of making the kids healthier, how uh, engaging in perverse sex acts is going to make them healthy is never quite explained. Uh, They are teaching them to castrate themselves. They are teaching them that they may have been born in the wrong body. Uh, They're doing all sorts of mental health assessments where they're trying to figure out what your kids think, how they feel about different issues and trying to rearrange that. 
Um, this stuff is so, so dangerous. And they use a lot of terms to conceal what they're really doing. But I hope folks out there are starting to get a picture of what's going on here. Health and education, so-called in both cases, are being used as tools of social control to separate your children from you and to bring down civilization as we have known it. There will come a day, and it's not that far away, where a global entity will attempt to remove American Second Amendment. That's going to happen. There's going to be an attempt to bring these guns, to recall them. That's, we're, we're not that far away from that. And when they do it, Alex, as you just said, they will do it under the guise of public health. Listen to this word salad that comes from this uh, report from the CDC. Just a little overview. This, this is the whole school, whole community, whole child method, right? Uh, the WSCC whole model is a student-centered program that emphasizes the role of the community in supporting the school, the connections between health and academic achievement, and the importance of evidence-based school policies and practices. The WSCC has those 10 purposes, that uh, bullet points that we showed you just a moment ago. Man, what a word salad that is, that it is, in other words, the public schools belong to the communities. It takes a village. They don't belong to the family home. It also means that whatever progressives, particularly socialist globalist progressives, see as the next step in the phase against liberty and independence, that now becomes unhealthy. Healthy now is not parents, it's the state, it's the community telling what you will and will not do. And every aspect of your kid's education, ironically, in all this stuff we've been talking about, there's no plan, Alex, to make your kids literate, to make them better in math and science, better readers. Notice how from the local community social emotional learning school that right down the road from you to the United Nations, no one, no one's even talking about public schooling anymore, having anything to do with what you and I used to call subject matter. It has nothing to do with it. Yep. Uh, in fact, it's, it's really quite the opposite. Uh, they are deliberately handicapping children. They're deliberately preventing them from learning how to read properly. Um, you know, this is something that we exposed uh, eight years ago in Crimes of the Educators. It's something that my co-author exposed in 1973 with his book, The New Illiterates. It's something that Rudolph Flesch exposed in the 1950s with Why Johnny Can't Read. It's something that the schoolmasters in Boston exposed in the early 1840s when Horace Mann implemented this quackery in the public schools of Boston that had just been created. So, um, not only are they not teaching your children how to read or how to write or how to do math, they're deliberately handicapping your children so that they can never learn how to read, write, and do math. Instead, they're teaching them that they may have been born in the wrong body, that they can go be castrated to uh, become their true selves. Uh, they're teaching them that the government is their sugar daddy. The government will protect them from their mean old, old-fashioned parents who don't want them to be castrated, who don't want them prostituting themselves. Um, I mean, th this stuff sounds, and, and if you had said it 10 years ago, you would have sounded like a crazy person. It, it sounds like something out of a horror movie, and yet they're now putting it in official government documents at the UN level, at the federal level, and parents, as long as you continue sending your children to these indoctrination centers posing as schools, you're going to get more of it. You know, we've had two generations in this country alone, Alex, with this kind of uneducation, the public schools focusing on everything but literacy and academic achievement, which is really stunning because this current generation of parents, 
seems to be 80, 85% at least who are not even capable of processing what's going on here. Uh, they hear social emotional learning. Well, I, I want my kid. In a recent survey, what many young moms and dads want is not better education, is the public schools to become more service driven, more federal and government programs, handouts, money, things that parents should do that they're too lazy or too uh, selfish to do with their kids. This is what they want. That's what happens when you educate kids this way. And coming up, it's going to be a real disaster. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, parents, uh, you know, we, we say it frequently, it almost sound like a broken record, but you've got to protect your kids. Politicians aren't going to do it. Your school board is not going to do it. Nobody's going to protect your kids if you don't do it. It's that simple. And you have a very, very small window in which to do this now. Uh, this is globalist imperatives, our last two show uh, uh, segments here. How Outside this country, this garbage is very successfully being pushed for a completely anti-American set of uh, obligations coming down the road. And that is going to wrap up this show. If you have any questions, comments, or want to support this show, simply visit drdukeshow.com. For all of us here at The Dr. Duke Show, please join us again next time, and thank you.